This is Bumping Into Walls, a show about living with vision loss, the challenges, the successes, and the day-to-day walls we all bump into. Welcome to Bumping Into Walls. My name's Jesse, and I'm here with my usual co-hosts, Anthony and Kathy. Hi. Hello. Hey, how you doing? You sound a little bit dapper today. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm feeling dapper today. I'm really excited about this show topic and what we're going to be talking about. Our topic today is called, Can You Hear Me Now? And what we want to talk about today is some of the misconceptions and pre-assumptions that can be made about the blind community that we wish were not so, uh, and just use this opportunity to give a bit of education. One that I feel is something that's worth putting out some education about is you know when 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 people see a a blind person you know to 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 not make assumptions about you know about what we may or may not be be capable of doing um an example of this was that i was on my way into work one day and i approached the doors they say authorized personnel only or so i've been told uh, and they go into where the employee break room is in the mall. Uh, and when I approached them, I was stopped by somebody who might have been a, a shopper, I'm not sure, uh, who stopped me and said, you can't go in there. And I said, why can't I go in there? And she said, because it's only for employees of the mall. And I said, I, I am an employee in this mall. And then she was like, oh, okay. And then she, she let me go. Uh, and it I guess it just got me thinking about, you know, how it's unfortunate that she saw me approaching with the cane and it, it did never occur to her that I might be an employee. It was just, you know, blind guy with the, the white cane. He must be lost. He has no business in the employees only area of the mall. And that's kind of a continuing problem that people with all degrees of vision loss have that I think people automatically assume that once our eyes don't work, that we can't do much of anything. We're supposed mm-hmm. to stay at home, and uh, that, that doesn't fly with me. If someone has an opportunity to get work, hey, great, party on, do it. Because to have the understanding of how to do the job doesn't always take eyesight. And I have actually been in a similar position, Jesse, that I have arrived for a meeting that I was supposed to be on the board for, and they've tried to keep me out of the room because I had a white cane, and they've told me, no, you can't go in yet because this is for board members only. And mm. I've said, but I am a board member, and I've identified myself. And they say, well, we have to check the list. And it's like, well, I know I'm on the board. you know. And they see the white cane before they see anything else. It is a shame, and it, and it, it really does extend to, to everything. Uh, I know, I guess another example is that at my son's daycare, one of his daycares, they had an outside shed, a shed like outside the daycare itself where all of the parents could park their strollers. Uh, and I was heading towards the shed, Lisa, who's who's been on this show before, and 
and my son were ahead of me. They'd gone well ahead of me because I held the door for them. Uh, and I was approaching the entrance to the shed when somebody again stopped me. You can't go in there. That's for parents. That's where parents' strollers are. And I had to tell this lady at least two times to try and get her to understand that I, I, I am, in fact, a parent. Uh, and my son's stroller is in there. Um, so, And it boggles the mind to think mm-hmm. that people would automatically assume that a person with vision mm-hmm. loss couldn't be a parent. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I, I I guess it's because maybe we don't we're not seen as often doing it. That's only a guess. I don't know. I think there's kind of a roadblock somewhere in people's minds and I don't understand why. Um there's Maybe they pigeonholed people with vision loss. They see the white cane. They've figured that we all have to be something. Mm-hmm. And they've got an idea that we have a white cane. We walk down the street with a white cane. That's what we do. And that's our job is walking down the street with a white cane. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. It is a shame because, you know, we as, as blind people, there, there's blind people that go to school to get degrees. There's, you know, blind or people with any disability really that, you know, go to school to get degrees or, or work hard to, to learn things or whatever. I've seen at a a camp that I once attended where they had a, a sighted person who was trying to do the sound and was struggling with that. Uh, and there was a blind person sitting next to me who had paid $4,000 out of his own pocket to get a sound engineering certificate from a professional studio. Uh, and they just wouldn't let this guy touch the soundboard because, well, he had a white cane in his hand. And I, that was all it took. And all of a sudden, his certificate was kind of null and void. In or if a sighted person had showed up, they wouldn't have thought twice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a friend of mine... Uh, he did lose a job that he had due to downsizing of the company. It's been happening all over to everyone. And he told me, he said, I will get another job, but it's kind of here I go again, having to work twice as hard or three times as hard as most other people do, simply to prove that, yes, I can do the job even though I do have vision loss. It's a sad fact. And, you know, I I am aware that other people with disabilities also have to jump through certain hoops, but I, I don't know what other necessarily hoops. I think sometimes the hoops that they might have to jump through might have to do with sometimes the employer might look twice at having to install ramps for wheelchairs or other kinds of um, equipment, but I don't know that they might... I, I don't know if they might look at them some times the same way of thinking that they just can't do the job. Yeah, when I know that I don't know, like even when even when you look at 
media and just and just public portrayal um there there is just not that portrayal of of blind people uh doing things like that we're either being portrayed as you know helpless or superheroes uh, other than daredevil and yeah. that's just plain silly mm-hmm. kathy i know that you had something that you had had wanted to talk about oh yeah i have found this idea that sometimes uh, people have this idea that we all know braille and that it comes automatically with vision loss or being blind especially if we're either totally blind or near totally blind and that actually isn't necessarily true and we've discussed it actually on a previous show about Braille, but I'd like to kind of revisit that because uh, a lot of people either don't know Braille or don't use it. And one of my first experiences with that was when I first lost my eyesight, I had a trip to Vancouver by airplane And the cabin crew met me at the door, which was very nice of them. And they handed me a Braille card. And I had to tell the stewardess that I did not know Braille. And she was kind of disappointed. And she didn't quite know what to do. And then she asked me if I read lips. (laughs) And I said, sure. (laughs) <laughs> and, and why not? Yeah. And so then um, I went to my seat and everything was fine. <laughs> but um, mm. there are a lot of reasons why people don't read Braille. Uh, some people are physically not able to read Braille because they don't have the sensitivity in their fingertips they might have nerve damage and some people don't actually want to learn braille they find it mm-hmm. fine to just be able to use audio learning they use uh, jaws for instance on their computer and so they don't find any need for braille or they use audiobooks or whatever they they just use screen readers and they don't find any particular need mm-hmm. uh, you know i i myself i did eventually learn braille i like using it for certain things so i use both a screen reader for computer work and i use braille for certain things i have a braille label maker for instance to use in my kitchen for labeling things and I can make notes for myself with Braille, which I find quite useful. Uh, I, I kind of like having both tools. Braille is hard to learn if mm. you've gotten older, because when I and Jesse learned it, I can only speak for me, but most of us in school learned it in grade one from day one. So it may not be the same way now, but that's what it was for me. And so I didn't know any different. So... I can see why adults don't want to take it on because it is a lot of work, but you did it. And I congratulate you for taking Mm -hmm. that on. 
Yeah. And it, and it does take time to learn. And when you go blind, there's already enough things that you have to learn and, and develop learning curves for and uh, and everything. And although I haven't witnessed a blind person or a newly blinded person learning Braille from scratch, uh, I have actually, <clears throat> I had an aide in school, two of them actually, who uh, became Braillists, uh, which meant that they, they had to learn Braille from top to bottom, basically, so they could transcribe all my schoolwork. And, you know, even for, you know, for them with their sight and being able to sight read Braille and everything, it's, it's you know, it was still basically took two years. They had to learn, you know, contracted and uncontracted Braille and, and math Braille and 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 all of this. And it's it's not something you can just pick up in a couple of days. Well, and that's the thing is that it is quite a bit to learn and you know, people have their own reasons for learning or not learning it. And I would never, ever put anyone down for not learning it. And people have their own reasons for what they learn and don't learn. I mean, we have a friend who only wanted to learn enough to be able to play cards. And that's fine. Sure, exactly. You know, I think that's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And we have another friend who he started to learn it and he decided uh, partway through the first book that it was not for him so he put it down and decided that was it he stuck with his audio books and that's it he's happy Mm, with it exactly and braille takes up a lot of space i mean you know you, you 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 take an audio book or, you know, a print book, that in Braille could be multiple thick volumes that, that you've got to manage and everything. Well, two pages for mm-hmm. every one print page. Mm-hmm. So you've doubled your size. Yeah, but it is it is a shame because, you know, for people who do kind of know anything about blindness, the, the things, and we've covered this on an earlier show, when people hear the word blindness or, or blind or anything, the two things they tend to think about is guide dogs and braille that that's what are associated to blind people why don't you have a dog and you well, know how can you not read braille that that is kind of the rule i mean i had a funny thing happen i know when i was um at the bank one time and i was using the bank machine and the one of the tellers had taken i guess a client to the bank machine and they were standing behind me now using the bank machine when you're using the audible thing takes quite a while because you mm-hmm. have to go through all the menus and there's no way of skipping through them and i guess she was explaining to him that i was blind and using that and he said loud enough for me to hear well, i don't see no dog <laughs> and i felt like saying to him i didn't know that was a rule yeah, but I didn't. No, and uh, you know there is no rule that mm-hmm. a blind person has to use braille, and there's no rule that a blind person has to use a dog. You, nope. do, you do what's 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 going to work for you. You are listening to Bumping Into Walls on CJSW ninety point nine FM. You know braille menus is one I I congratulate every waiter and waitress out there who sees a blind person come into a restaurant and offers the braille menu um because i think if it's there it should be offered um 
But unfortunately, there are going to be blind people who come in that you offer it to who go, ah, I can't actually read Braille. Um, and it is a shame because people associate, you know, with Braille so much that that is just kind of that first first assumption, you know. It's an assumption that even I make with, with blind friends and other blind people. Um, so the, the other lovely thing that I find with really good waiters and waitresses is when they see a person who has vision loss is when they offer the specials as a nice shortcut (laughs) so that you don't have to wade through the braille menu. (laughs) Exactly. So Anthony, you had a topic that was actually a hashtag and, and quite a big thing, especially over in England last year that gained uh, quite a lot of publicity. Yeah. I always wonder why when you're walking somewhere, and this doesn't happen that often, but it does happen, where you'll be walking and someone will, out of the blue, literally grab you or your cane. I've never seen them grab a dog, mm-hmm. but they probably don't want to grab a dog because they don't want to get bit. I think I have heard of that happening. I, I've heard, and actually it happens a lot to me when I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does happen, but I mean, it's not a, it does happen, and I think... It's a scary feeling for the blind person because, as I said to one person one day who did it to me, I said, okay, you know what? Your first reaction, if you're sighted or not, is to turn around and hit the person. Think you're getting mugged. I know that sounds a little weird, but that's my first reaction, especially if you're downtown, right? You're like, and all they're trying to do is help you. And then they don't really know where you want to go, so they take you across a road. You're like, how did I get here? Yeah. And then you have to backtrack, and yeah. but most people, on most people yeah. will come up to you and and ask how they can help you, and that's great. That's how you should. That's how it's Actually, more accessible. Most people don't ask. Most mm-hmm. people just grab Anthony. Yeah. Some people ask. Most people mm. grab, and I do wish that it was the other way around. <laughs> yeah, I I've had. Why in- do you think they do that? It, would they do that to anyone else? It seems like dogs, babies, and disabled people are the three things that people that think can they can touch. either pet, grab, or touch. Touch, yeah. And yeah. I don't know why that is. I, I, I've had uh, maybe two people, well, maybe three, ask how they can help me. Generally, they'll grab me and start to lead me across. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's usually a grab, and it's usually from the side that I really can't see from, and it's really disorienting. Mm-hmm. And one time downstairs, someone grabbed my cane in both of their hands, and it just made me completely freeze because I just couldn't move. Mm-hmm. No. That's like taking, that's like assaulting a person in case you don't realize that. Would you do that to any sighted person? Would you walk up to them and grab them? They do it to folks in wheelchairs as well. So this is not just like, let's, let's, let's realize why they do it. They're trying to help, but maybe Mm -hmm. they are too scared to say anything to us or maybe, who knows? We can't judge why they do it. I just wish they wouldn't. Well, yeah. I think we can judge. I mm-hmm. mean, but we just we just we just have to don't be understand nice it, it, unfortunately. But but it is mm. actually a kind of assault, and yeah. mm. um, actually, for anyone who doesn't know, a wheelchair is considered to be part of a person's personal space for 
that person in the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And likewise for a white cane, your white cane is part of your personal space. So nobody should be grabbing a wheelchair without asking, and nobody should be grabbing a white cane without asking either. Mm -hmm. Or the person. And it is unfortunate because a lot of people do genuinely think that they're helping. I, I heard of somebody who went, you know, confronted somebody who grabbed them and apparently this person responded with, well, that's the last time I'll help a blind person again. Next time I hope you do, f- actually, uh, next time I hope you fall down those stairs. And, you know, this person felt offended because they felt like they tried to help somebody and got shut down. But it's like the best way to help is to approach a person and say, do you need any help or how can I help you? Uh, and then if they say no, thank you, I'm good, respect that. And, and actually, when I'm going downstairs, generally, I'm better off by myself. I'm usually mm-hmm. just fine. I've got my cane. I know how to get down or up the stairs quite nicely by myself. Mm-hmm. But the one person who did who who grabbed me, grabbed me when I was at the top of the flight of stairs. And so that actually scared me so much that I nearly tumbled down the stairs. Yeah. Um, You know, because I was right there at the top and all of a sudden somebody grabs you. Mm -hmm. And I knew what I was doing. I knew I was at the top of the stairs. This person thought it was their duty to stop me from going down the stairs because they thought that I must not know that I'm at stairs, even though my cane was poised. Um to detect the stairs and I had my hand I was grabbing at the railing uh, and it, it looked like I was clearly intending to go down those stairs and, and this is something that we really should explain to people is that if you want to offer assistance like please feel free to do so yeah. uh, offer assistance if you think that you might be able to offer assistance generally what most people with any degree of vision loss will do if they want assistance is that they will prefer to either take the back of your elbow or your shoulder, depending upon your height and their height. Mm-hmm. They will get a lot more information about where you are going by doing that. If you grab their elbow, it's a lot harder for them mm-hmm. to tell where you're going. Mm-hmm. And then it, you're essentially kind of like, yeah. You're pulling them. You're, yeah, exactly. And it's it's really hard to tell, especially if there's any kind of stairs or change of of uh, direction. It's really hard for yeah. that person to, yeah. to be able to tell what you're doing. Because when we're holding the elbow, we are waiting to feel changes in the person's walking, you know, whether that's... You know, they, they've dropped down, which must mean that they're heading down a step or a curb or something, or they're, yeah, changing direction or something. Where if you put a blind person, if you hang on to a blind person from behind or something, you're putting the blind person in the front. Yeah. <laughs> you're trusting the blind person to do the guiding us. So that's not going to end well. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, if we're lost and we've asked for help and then you put us in charge of the guiding, <laughs> Yeah. You know, we might as well have just stayed lost by ourselves. Well, generally what happens is that I end up walking into a park bench or a sign when that happens. Mm-hmm. Or a park car. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, that, yeah. The, the, only reason, the only reason I say that is because you have no understanding of what's ahead of you. You're being pushed from behind. Mm -hmm. And so there's minimally no time to react to anything. But I'm just really glad that people are, are willing to ask. That's, that's really important to me that they're, yeah. mm -hmm. they're not willing to just grab as mm -hmm. often. But yes, in England, this became a hashtag, hashtag, yeah, ask, don't, ask, don't grab. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a great one. Um, because uh, there was just a lot of people really doing that. And I've heard from, from people, especially women, mind you, this can be scary to anyone, women, uh, blind women, uh, you know, who have told stories about how scary it can be to be on the, the train or something and just somebody just grabs them and starts... You know, well, I would think for blind men it would be scary as well. Oh, it is. It is very scary because you feel vulnerable. Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, I always worry about on the on the uh, train platform as well when it happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I'm already, and I get that, and you know, there's there's kind of varying different things about that, but I use. The yellow strip, you know, I know they say stand behind the yellow strip, but I actually do use the yellow strip to orient me, uh, keeping in mind that my cane is 52 inches long. So when my cane, the tip of my cane hits the yellow strip, I myself am still a safe distance from it. Uh, but when yes. people see me approaching the yellow strip, they're, they're jumping into gravity because, oh, we got to save this guy's life. He's going to fall off the train platform. So I'm going to jump in there, be a, a superhero, grab him and save his life. <laughs> um, I've got to do this thing. Maybe that's what we should print up on our t-shirts and put yeah. on our back is don't save me. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Now, I know one more point that I find can sometimes be a struggle, uh, and especially for, for you and I, Anthony, uh, is around kind of the issue of, of directions. Like I know when we do ask for help, sometimes we're not looking for, for physical assistance, like guiding or, or, or grabbing or anything, uh, but we might just need a bit of help with some vocal assistance. Uh, and sometimes we get told to go over there or <sighs> we get met with pointing. Oh, yeah. The cool over there country. I always say to people jokingly, yeah, I have, uh, it's, it's not that they mean to do it on purpose. It's that sighted people just point at stuff. That's just what they do. Mm. So I always say to someone, if when it happens, I say, can I get a little clearer explanation mm -hmm. as to where over there may be? Mm -hmm. And nine times out of ten, I'll get it. So it's just, you just have to realize, don't mm -hmm. move. When they say over there, you just stay exactly where you are because you don't know what's over there. You could fall in a hole. You could... Well, and the funny thing is it's it's not even just sighted people. Uh, I've actually caught myself doing it to so other it. blind friends of mine because as a blind person, if I know the general direction of something and I'm speaking to a sighted person, mm -hmm. I will point in that general direction. I've done it. I've done it too. Like I'll be like... I think it's over there. Like I know when I'm at work. I'll say, do you see that really big video wall over there behind me? Um, yeah. So it is easy to do. Sure it is. Um, but it can definitely cause some issues. And again, it comes down to us as as blind people to, to speak up and say, I'm sorry, I, I like, I, can you give me more directions? Like maybe Clarify a landmark direction. to look for yeah. uh, or a number of steps to take. Yeah. Um, 
I know a lot of us work off what's called the clock face, you know, where, where someone can say go to 11 o'clock, but you know, not everybody knows clocks and a lot of people don't know how the clock face works. Um, but I know that's a way that some of us are trained, uh, when we're trained in mobility and everything. So, yeah, no, I just, like I said, I just popped in my head and I thought I'd bring it up and, and just let people know it's, it's, it's really easy to fix. I mean, we're guilty of it as well. It's, it's a quick and easy fix. The more information we can get from people, the better it is for you and the better it is for for us. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you everyone for, for listening to this show. And, and we do hope that it can, can spread some education and we hope that, you know, everyone can can take something from it, and we look forward to being asked how you can help us out in public. Thank you for joining me, Anthony and Kathy, and uh, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Tune in next time to see what people, places, or things we've been bumping into. To contact Bumping Into Walls, find us on Twitter at into underscore walls. Or send us an email at bumpingintowalls at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, bumpingintowalls.wordpress.com. Bumping Into Walls is produced, edited, and hosted by Jesse Trigarthen. Anthony Hodges and Catherine McLeod.